I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. So basically, that's wrong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, most. 
mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I'm coming to you from beautiful, lovely, scenic, although slightly soggy today, raining at the moment pretty heavily, uh, historic Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, glad to have all you fine folks with me, especially those of you that are taking the time to listen to the podcast on the multitude of platforms that you can hear this podcast at, as well as those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio stations and web platforms. Uh, we're talking about radio stations across the country like KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority. And I like talking directly to you guys quite a bit because, hey, Mitt Romney, guys, seriously, I warned you before, tell me you don't have regret. And uh, I can tell you, most of the folks that actually are in communication with me uh, out from Utah tell me on a fairly regular basis that uh, they didn't fall for it. Uh, my comments about it had nothing to do with it. They knew better to start with. Uh, too bad there weren't more of your friends and neighbors out there in the great state of Utah uh, that also understood the issue. Uh, we we do a little bit of talking there. And, of course, like I said, web platforms, uh, places like The Last Frequency. Uh, you can uh, check that out at thelastfrequency.com where there is a wide variety of talk shows available to listen to. And uh, usually uh, they're pretty good. Shows like this one and uh, shows like LeBron Edwards' American Experience. And, of course, uh, you still have The Last Frequency show uh, hosted by Michael. Vera, where he delves into the realm of the suture, suture, supernatural, blah, blah, English is my first language, believe it or not. Uh, but unlike Kamala Harris, I understand that layman's terms doesn't mean kindergartners. Although, to be fair, I know a lot of kindergartners that could have done a much better job at that explanation. I have been making fun of this discussion for a while. I finally decided I'm going to include the clip because it's just ever so often you need to be reminded of who we're dealing with. And every time we think it's really, really bad with Joe Biden, uh, that's who would be next in line at the moment. So uh, only one thing that you can say about that. Everything is awesome. And so it is. So everything is awesome. And uh, just some quick hits, and then we're going to delve in. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff continues to go on. Uh, continuing updates uh, with uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, things are getting spooky there, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, the president of Ukraine uh, via, uh, what's the word here, remote, uh, remote, connection. Uh, he gave a speech to the U.S. Senate and, uh, you know, basically called out Joe Biden for not being a world leader. Uh, no surprise. We already knew that. He's not a leader of any kind, never has been. He's barely competent to plagiarize, and he has a long history of at least attempting to do that. In fact, the only thing he actually seems to be good at is peddling influence, hence the Biden crime family and their capability to turn a public sector job into millions and billions of dollars. So, uh, you know, there you have it. But meanwhile, the uh, barely there Beijing Biden, uh, he was out uh, making an announcement today is telling folks that uh, the first lady's husband contracted COVID. Then he had to be reminded that he is the first lady's husband. Uh, uh, another thing that was going on today, uh, the uh, Senate did, in fact, 
vote to repeal mask mandates for planes and public transportation. Uh, we did have Mitt Romney vote against the lifting of mask mandates for preschool age kids. Uh, we had, uh, what else was going on? Uh, we've got all kinds of interesting things. We've got Brian Stelzer over at CNN who is trying to tell us that it's not a culture war to teach transgender children K through three the, about uh, gender lessons and transgender lessons and all this wonderful stuff. Again, they're still trying to fight against what they are referring to as don't say gay, which is such a piece of crap description of what the bill actually says. In fact, another poll came out today, uh, the third or fourth poll since uh, people have had an opportunity to actually see what's in the bill. And uh, all the polls so far side with letting the parents handle kindergarten through third grade aged children and any questions they may have. Although, sadly, those questions are still coming earlier because of the, uh, the social engineering that we're seeing through places like the Disney Channel and uh, Cartoon Network, where they've got some of their very pointed animation shows directed at children that have plenty of characters that fit into this bill, forcing that conversation nonetheless, and trying to make people believe, uh, specifically young people that are enjoying the cartoons, that uh, this is all completely normal and completely okay, and uh, they should maybe try it. Uh, <laughs> no wonder these kids are so confused. Speaking of Disney, another thing that was going on, Disney had tried to stay uh, separated from the uh, Florida bill, the don't say gay, as they want to call it, or I would prefer to call it the Protection of Kindergarten through Third Grade Act. <laughs> uh, clearly, that's not its name either, but I think it's a much better description. Uh, I mean, clearly, you do have, sorry uh, over there, uh, Brian, but there is a culture war going on, and we're seeing it. Disney was trying to stay separate. The new CEO over at Disney, and he's probably not long for the job now, he was trying to get Disney to move away from the realm of the political and get back to just entertaining people. He was trying to move in a direction where you're not going to alienate a huge potential part of your audience. And as part of that, he didn't want to get involved with this action that was going on in Florida. He started getting pressured, and the pressure kind of came to a head when the former CEO uh, tweeted out, oh, this is a definite departure from the concerns of Disney. Uh, there's real power and real force, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he was already being undermined by department heads in Disney, and, of course, we talked uh, briefly at another quick hit uh, mention how the folks over at Pixar, which is a division of Disney now, were whining that Disney has been censoring out some of their transgender and same-sex affection scenes that they've been trying to put into children's movies. And they keep forgetting the children's part. This is not a children's topic. And... I'm sorry, again, when you have anybody from the age group that falls into kindergarten through third grade ages, I'm pretty sure the school's got no business trying to put this indoctrination in play. You ain't got to like it, but you ain't got a dog in the fight either. 
unless it's your kid. And if it's your kid, if you want to teach them this stuff, then heaven help the poor kid. But you got a right to do that. Don't tell any other parents that they don't have a right to try and shield their children from it and allow them to, I don't know, have some level of innocence, some actual childhood, something where you're not being forced to be indoctrinated. You know, I don't know. I really wonder exactly how long at this point we're going to see the current CEO of Disney hold his position because there seems to be folks gunning for the job. Mitt Romney was involved in a few things today. Uh, if you're not paying attention to what your senator is doing out there, Utah, uh, you really need to pay attention because he is not. He is not representing what a conservative should do and certainly doesn't seem to be really representing how the folks of Utah would prefer he vote. Uh, we are up to five biological men now who've won uh, women-only contest uh, back in 2021, so we're doing well. This sub-variant of Omicron, they're calling it Omicron BA.2, uh, that seems to be it. It's making up nearly a quarter of the new cases of COVID in the U.S. Uh, a lot of folks have nicknamed it uh, stealth COVID. And it's because while it's making up a high percentage of folks that are catching it uh, at, at this point, with those numbers dropping pretty heavily here, although there is new concerns in China and in Eastern Europe. So at this point, uh, folks in America are starting to get nervous again. We're seeing lockdowns in some of these shiny cities, so wait for another pandemic alert. But the thing here, they're calling this subvariant of Omicron stealth covid because a lot of these folks are testing positive for it and haven't had a single symptom, especially folks that fall into some of the more uh, risky categories, folks that have some of these comorbidities. Uh, a lot of them are testing positive with it, and they haven't had any symptoms. So it seems that Omicron is continuing to do what Omicron is supposed to do, and that's provide natural immunity to the world. I'm pretty sure that's how that was designed. Uh, thank you, dear Heavenly Father. Now, uh, Russian members of Parliament are now claiming that they want Alaska back. Uh, some folks uh, have been known to say that's not likely to happen. In fact, the quote from the current Alaskan governor <laughs> said, good luck with that. Uh, obviously, there's no plans to return Alaska to Russia, and nor should they. Uh, folks, we're talking a little bit about a recently uh, acknowledged COVID-19 recipient, Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama. Uh, evidently, there's a new nature documentary series about national parks that are coming up on Netflix, and Barack is going to be the narrator. So, hey, good to see him finding some work finally after that stand up doing that kind of really crazy, silly thing. Uh, where we were having to deal with really bad socialist policies and weakening of our republic. You know, when when he was in the Oval Office. All right. Uh, talked about Zelensky uh, joining U.S. Congress uh, remotely, virtually. Uh, the big question, of course, was, is this too much to ask? He wanted a no-fly zone. He's been asking for a no-fly zone for a while. Uh, it's not going to happen, guys. You can keep asking for it. 
Estonia has become the first NATO member to actually suggest maybe it's a good idea, actually called for it. Uh, still not going to happen. I understand why Estonia would be concerned because they may very well be next if Putin's allowed to actually win in Ukraine. Part of the alternative to establishing a no-fly zone, Biden did announce today a new $800 million security assistance package for Ukraine. We'll see how that works out. Really, really interesting. Uh, there was a 7.3 magnitude earthquake that struck Japan. Of course, tsunami advisories uh, abided afterwards. There was a story that made headlines thieves steal almost 400 gallons of gas from a North Carolina gas station. Seems like somebody should have been paying a little better attention. Uh, Andrew Cuomo has now officially acknowledged the reason for his little self-promotion ads he's been running lately. Uh, not a surprise here, but he just kind of made it official. He is considering his political comeback. He's planning on running for... Wait for it. Governor of New York. Oh, what a surprise. Uh, the fine folks over at Axios who just do a fantastic job of journalism. And I only say that half facetiously because actually about half the time they really do a pretty good job of journalism over at Axios. And then uh, another half of the time they do this uber leftist propaganda action that doesn't even come close to actual journalism. So you have to take the good with the bad, or in my case, you just pretty much ignore Axios, except, of course, when they're making news headlines, and I have to at least mention it. Uh, Axios currently is trying to warn us all about the rise of white nationalist Hispanics. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I really have gotten to the point where I believe we are eventually going to literally hear everything. Uh, anybody who thinks for themselves and might possibly be conservative, or maybe even just be dead center, I, I think that's probably close enough to the right for a lot of these leftists to make the claim. If you are dead center or slightly right of center or any points further right from there, then you are a white nationalist. No matter what your skin tone, no matter what your rationale, no matter if you just love your family and want to protect them from crime and stupid uh, politics, uh, yeah, you're a white nationalist. There's no two choices about it. All right. Uh, there's still a lot of pushback going on from uh, the TikTok propaganda. Uh, Josh Hawley was one of the folks that came out and blasted the Biden administration for this. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard also did it. Tulsi is managing to get herself. Her name is being praised uh, by Republicans way more frequently than Democrats right now. Uh, the fine ladies over at The View, uh, they seem to be in agreement with Keith Oberman. Uh, evidently, our good friend Tucker Carlson and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, they both need to be locked up for sedition and for treason and for whatever else. Now, I am relatively pro-Ukraine when it comes to the acknowledgement of what's happening with the invasion from Russia. Because I firmly believe that the people of Ukraine just want to be free. 
they're happy to be free of the Soviet Union and they just want to be free. And I believe they make legitimate efforts to try and undo a lot of the corruption that's existed there in their government since their independence from the former Soviet Union. Once the Soviet Union dissolved, there was a lot of corruption. In fact, they have consistently been one of the top three most corrupt nations on the planet. Oftentimes, just sneaking back and forth between one and two, with Russia being the big competitor, literally a running gun battle between who's the most corrupt. And there have been times when Ukraine's won that. There's most of the time where Ukraine has been number two. They have occasionally slipped down to third. Occasionally. Depends on how long and how far back you want to look into this. But I believe the current administration that is there and uh, in charge the actual government of Ukraine was a major leap forward in an effort to end that corruption. But just like with the orange man who was bad here in the States, you know, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the, the climate arsonist, that guy. While he was trying to make America great again, he had an uphill climb because he couldn't just come in and just empty uh, all the shelves and repopulate all of the different various portions of the deep state uh, with new people that actually believed in uh, the rule of law, the Constitution, uh, individual liberty, and that the federal government should be very limited. You know, and that's what really needed to happen if you wanted to do a, a reset of the deep state. Now, and it's important for you to understand, when I say the deep state, when Trump was saying the deep state, Everybody wants to turn that into some big conspiratorial thing, but it wasn't. It was just a label for the ensconced bureaucracy, the folks that were going to be there no matter who was next. And for whatever reason, they've decided that they're running things the way they want to, and they might occasionally give lip service to whoever the president is at the moment. But they actively worked against the interests of Donald Trump because that was just the culture that was brought down. That was the culture that was left behind the legacy, if you will, of Barack Hussein, Alu Akbar, Obama. This guy, he's not only not one of us, he's not one of the other side either. He's a complete outsider. We can't let this guy have any success, and we need to blame him for everything that goes wrong. And even despite fighting illegal activities by the deep state, fighting against the Democrats' holdovers from the uh, Obama administration, fighting against the folks that had thought they were just rubber stamping a Hillary Clinton presidency and then were shocked that they didn't manipulate and pull enough shenanigans to make it actually happen, so Trump got way more votes than they thought he would. All of this, Trump still managed to make America better than it was under the previous three administrations. Everything was better for everyone. In fact, some people might even say, Everything is awesome. Or at least they might have. I know there were a lot of folks who were unemployment at record low levels. And not because they simply stopped counting people uh, who had given up trying to find work. No, the economy was booming. In fact, the economy would have been so strong if it wasn't for the artificial lockdown from COVID that uh, Biden probably would have never had a chance at that point. Because I'm sorry, I don't care how many people were that upset over mean tweets. It wouldn't be enough. Nowhere's near enough. All right, I, I have shortchanged myself because, again, I've hit these quick hitters to the point that I am now 
running short of time. I went a little too long. So I'm going to go ahead and take the mid-hour break uh, a little early. And then we're going to try to hit uh, two topics here in this first hour because I got two in the second hour that uh, I do not want to shortchange. But these uh, these first two, well, you know, it is what it is. You guys stay right where you're at. I'll be back right after this. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see. If you're always gonna be a blind dog face pony soldier. The leftist Democrat legislators in Maryland have sunk to a new depth of moral depravity. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Just when you thought the Democrats could not get more depraved, they always figure out a way to sink to a new low. The Maryland Democrat legislature is hoping to pass a bill that would legalize murdering little babies up to 28 days after they are born. If the Maryland Democrats have their depraved way, a female cannot be investigated for cruelty or neglect, no matter how she decides to murder her baby, whether through starvation or other more physical, brutal methods. In fact, the Maryland Democrats hope to make it so that if the police do investigate the murder of a baby, the bill being pushed by Maryland Democrats gives the baby's killer the right to sue the police. For example, if the female decided to starve her baby and grew tired of hearing the hungry baby cry and choke the baby to death, police would be restricted from investigating. The immoral death march of Democrats must be stopped before they literally kill our republic. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To whom it may concern It's easy to get burned
right, how can you not be in a good mood after a good Let's Go Brandon chant? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of stuff going on that we need to get to. But before I dive into these two stories, I want to remind you, not going to put links in the show description today. Uh, why? Because, well, I'm still running a little late. I'm going to go ahead and do the full two-hour show tonight. But uh, because I am running late, it's going to be hard-pressed for me to do the post-production stuff and get this stuff up on time and still get to bed at a reasonable time because I'm a sleepy bear. Uh, In fact, time of the live broadcast uh, that I'm doing right now, it happens to be the date of March 16th. It is 2022. It's a Wednesday. minute since I've done a live Wednesday show, but it is Wednesday, and we are cruising. I'm just a few minutes before 10 p.m. Eastern, and uh, yeah, it's still doing this stuff a little bit later than is the norm, but hey, everything is awesome. I thought I'd save you that clip. What I'm going to ask you to do is please go visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. Scroll down on that uh, landing page where you uh, first visit. Uh, go down past recent guests, which I still haven't updated. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I don't have enough hours in the day. I know that's lame excuse, and and I will get it updated at some point in the very near future, because there's uh, some books that these folks are still trying to sell that uh, I think would be good for you to to have in your hands. Uh, But just scroll down past the recent guest section, and you'll start seeing buttons and banners that you can click on, and go visit all these folks. But I want to put special emphasis right now on My Patriot Supply and on Blue Coolers. And on pre-ordering A.J. Rice's new upcoming book, The Woking Dead. And here's the reasons why. First of all, when it comes to My Patriot Supply, nobody has done more for longer to help you be self-sufficient. With everything that's going on in the world, you should be prepared or you are asking for trouble. Nobody can help you with that better than my Patriot Supply. Uh, It doesn't matter if we're talking about natural disasters or food shortages that at this point, I was telling you as much as a month and a half ago that I had a real bad feeling that they're coming. At this point, they're practically guaranteed. So it's best to be prepared. Do not wait. Uh, I have a feeling there's very soon going to be a run on these companies, just like there was at the beginning of the pandemic where uh, my Patriot Supply literally had to uh, reduce what was available because they only had so much available and there was a waiting list for a lot of that. So do not wait till that happens. Go visit them and uh, visit my site first and click those buttons so that we get that rare uh, triple win, you know, a win, win, win for everybody. You win because you get some stuff that you need. In this case, you really do need it. And Uh, You know, they get a new loyal customer because once you have this in hand, you're going to see how good they are. And then I get a win because if you used my link to go there, then I get a very small commission that goes to help support the show. So I would appreciate that if you don't mind too much. Now, Blue Cooler is kind of the same deal. Uh, You need to be prepared to quickly bug out. They have this great program called the 72-hour pack. It's basically just a blue uh, backpack that has plenty of first aid gear and a lot of survival stuff. That's worthwhile. But you may find yourself having to move quickly on the run, uh, having a cooler that can keep your ice uh, cold enough to keep your stuff in it cold for up to 10 days. Uh, 
possibly longer, uh, that's going to be of great worth to you. In fact, that might be what helps preserve food for you long enough to utilize what's not part of your My Patriot supply packet. And then I'm going to ask you to pre-order uh, AJ's book because by pre-ordering, you will be sending a message. You're sending a message to the globalist leftist everywhere. You're sending a message to uh, office-holding Democrats. And you're sending a message to Amazon itself that this is the type of material that you want in your libraries, the type of material you're willing to support, and that they need to pay attention to that message that you're sending. So, again, all three are great things. And we are, we'll be doing a giveaway. We'll start uh, that announcement upcoming soon. I just have to finalize a few more details. And then once I make that announcement clear, it's going to be up to you guys who wants to get in on the action to have an opportunity to get a free copy of A.J. Rice's book, The Woking Dead. But until then, uh, if you do pre-order and you end up with that and you end up winning a giveaway too, well, then you got two copies. So you can do whatever you want with one of them. All right, so with all that out of the way, let's jump in. Uh, I briefly mentioned Jussie Smollett the other day. Now, Jussie, much like AOC, has become one of those stories that, for the most part, only serves to illustrate the hypocrisy of the left. You can pick any, any leftist, follow them long enough, and it's there. But Jussie... Jesse just went above and beyond to make himself the poster child for hypocrisy and the need to create hate crimes in America because it just doesn't seem to be enough of them occurring on their own. And that's not to say that hate crimes don't happen. It is to say, however, when you pull some shenanigans like this, what you're doing is you're diminishing all the reports and you're making Everyone take the real ones far less seriously than they should because of all of your fakeness. Jesse, you committed multiple crimes in this effort, not the worst of which was simply trying to do something stupid to get free publicity. Well, he got sentenced to some jail time the other day, roughly about five months. We briefly mentioned it because, like I said, I figured we'd have more time. Well, the convicted felon that Jesse Smollett is... He was ordered to be released from jail today, Wednesday, March 16th. He was ordered to be released from jail pending the appeal of his 150-day sentence that went into effect last week for staging a hate crime hoax against himself and lying to law enforcement about it. Uh, quoting here from the Chicago Tribune, the one-page order issued by the Illinois Appellate Court uh, stated that Smollett was to be released from the Cook County Jail after signing a $150 bond, uh, a bond that actually wouldn't require him to post any money, just it's recognized that he can come up with the money uh, if it needs to be. Now, tell me that's not some preferential treatment. I mean, first of all, I don't think I could qualify for that because I don't have $150,000 hanging out in my bank account. I'm not a conservative because I'm rich. I'm a conservative because I see the values of the Constitution and because I see the values of the republic uh, being maintained as a republic. Uh, liberty is something I actually enjoy and would like to keep and would like to pass on. That's why I'm a conservative, and that's why I don't claim necessarily to be a Republican because having an R at the end of your name doesn't automatically qualify you to be part of that same club that I'm talking about. Anyway, the only explanation offered in the order was that Smollett 
was never, well, had never been convicted of a violent offense and would have completed his sentence of incarceration well before his appeal could be decided. So, okay. Still, there's, even if you go ahead and serve your time, you serve your time, you pay your fine, you still appeal. There's a good reason to appeal because you are a convicted felon at this point. If you want to get that off your record, if you think you've got an outside shot of winning the appeal, then go for it. Uh, there is no reason why this should be the case. But by the same token, I suppose it's reasonable to say, well, if this is the punishment for the crime, but he's appealing his conviction. So if he was to win the appeal, well, then he's paid a punishment for a crime that at that point technically the state considers to not have occurred. No, we all know it has. But the legal system works the way it's supposed to work, and I guess that's reasonable. But tell me who else would have been able to just last Thursday, just last Thursday, be sentenced to 150 days in jail, followed by 30 months on probation in order to pay $120,000 in restitution and another $25,000 in fines during that sentence, just last Thursday. So how many days was that? He was in jail for part of the day Thursday. He was in jail Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Part of that we talked about in the last broadcast. He, he was whining. Uh, well, his family was whining because he'd been moved to the psych ward. So now where was I at? Uh, part of the day Thursday. I, I don't know how much of Thursday will count, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll call it a whole day. So yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then today, Wednesday, he was out. So he spent less than six days. In fact, just a smidge over five days if you're just going to say uh, 24-hour increments. Who else would be able to be released in such a short period of time? Who else would have that opportunity? It was only, only just a few short years ago, January 29th of, of 2019, the Smollett told police that he had been attacked by two men in Chicago at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. in Chicago, who he claimed made racist and homophobic slurs wrapped a rope around his neck and poured an unknown substance on him uh, that he believed to be bleach and yelled, this is MAGA country, which was suspect from the beginning. We're talking about Chicago. Now, that's not to say there aren't some conservatives in Chicago, and there may not. That's not to say there weren't Trump supporters in Chicago, but to say any part of Chicago falls under the declaration of MAGA country is a little suspect at best. The fact that he didn't take the noose off also shows either one of two things, and both of which could be true in this case. Either A, he didn't feel that threatened by it in the first place, or B, he doesn't understand the cultural ramifications that had that hate crime been real, what it would have meant. Because in either case, you would remove that as soon as you possibly could. Not leave it there because you were trying to show off uh, what happened to you. You don't tend to think about what you need to do. Police later obtained footage of the two men who are brothers. 
Now, these two men in question, uh, they detained them at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport a couple of weeks later uh, after they returned from Nigeria. Police later released the two brothers saying that they were not suspects in the investigation. An investigation that I think conclusively proves that Jesse did do this, and that's why he was convicted. But hey, I guess if you're a talented dancer and at least good enough to get a role on a uh, network television show as an actor, then uh, you get to be the special, at least for a minute. All right, another one I want to get into this first hour because I am imminently aware that get into this first hour because of how the rebroadcast schedule normally works. Uh, Vladimir Putin evidently has issued some serious new threats against Russian citizens. Uh, here in the article, Russian President Vladimir Putin appears to issue a threat against his own people during a lengthy session of remarks that he gave about the ongoing war in Ukraine. Putin made numerous false claims during the remarks, including claiming that Ukraine was ruled by a neo-Nazi regime, that they were Pentagon-funded bioweapons labs in Ukraine, and that there was a genocidal campaign against ethnic Russians in the Donbass region. Putin here, uh, quoting from U.S. News and World Report here, uh, Putin appealed to ordinary Westerners in claiming that their countries have ignored ongoing genocide against ethnic Russians in the Donbass region. Of course, this was without providing any evidence of these atrocities because there is no evidence of these atrocities because they haven't happened. And... This also still quoting from the report. And seemingly acknowledging new political fronts he faces at home. He put forward troubling language about the need for cleansing of the nation against those who do not support the Kremlin's policies. Translation, uh, I'm going to start acting like uh, uh, Joe Biden and the globalist leftists that operate the Democratic Party here in the U.S. and uh, the leftist parties in other nations around the world, we'll start talking like them. Like, get on board or get out of the way. And when we say get out of the way, we mean we will remove you if necessary. Just ask the, the lady who worked for the news station that got behind the anchor with the sign who has disappeared. Stop listening to their lies. You're being lied to. She had her lawyer on standby, by the way. I know you know this story by now, but the part you may not know is she had her lawyer on standby because she knew what could possibly happen. So as soon as she was taken away, uh, the attorney tried to get the location of where they were going to be taking her to process her. He was told one thing. He arrived there. He was told, no, she's not here. It must be over there. He goes to the other location. No, I, we've got no records of this person at all. You might want to check it. This location goes to a third location. Well, she's just missing. Nobody knows where she is. That's how good things are going in Russia. Now, the remarks from Putin come as there has been reportedly growing opposition to the war in Ukraine. It seems as if some Russians are finally finding out that this isn't just the West uh, being mean. This isn't Ukraine being aggressive. This is Russia 
just lying to them, lying to their military, and taking provocative actions to try to overthrow a, a uh, sovereign country. Uh, what was that again? I, I think I might need an explainer. Hey, uh, Kamala, can, can you help me out with that? Break it down in layman's terms. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. Basically, that's wrong. All right, thank you, Kamala. Uh, once again, uh, expert, expert, uh, excellent assistant. Uh, no, it's shocking that this woman didn't win the uh, primary for the Democrats. I don't understand. She's just such a brilliant individual. Has always, always been prepared to give you just the best information you can. Okay. Anyway, now that we've had this explanation from Kamala, we really do need to be concerned because the people in Russia are pushing back. The Russian people know that their friends, their neighbors, there, there are family members that are living in Ukraine. They don't want those people killed by Russian soldiers. They don't want to be at war with Russia. Uh, you, the Russian people don't want to be at war with Ukraine. I mean, there are strong ties. Uh, Kiev was once upon a time Kiev. And when it was Kiev, it was once upon a time the heart of the Russian nation. That was a long, long time ago. But there are still those long-running ties that exist between these two nations. But the thing here is Ukraine and the Ukrainian people didn't like being part of the Soviet Union. I mean, everything was all cool at once. You know, here we are. We're hanging out, and uh, everything is awesome. I pro I'm not going to play that again. Uh, <laughs> well, at least not this hour. I may yet again. Um, so everything was great, and everything was awesome. But then after a while, it's like, hey, you know what? Kind of sucks being in the Soviet Union. Uh, seems that the socialism slash communism thing really isn't that great for a lot of folks. Here we are in the breadbasket of uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, and as it turns out, they have elevated themselves to a major portion of the breadbasket to a majority of the world. And uh, they really couldn't benefit and things were still bad and there were still long lines for everything. It, and it just... It just wasn't that great being part of the Soviet Union. So they were happy to see the fall. And now uh, enough time has passed that a lot of Ukrainians have not had to live under the yoke of being under a dictator from Moscow. So they're willing to fight. They're willing to do more than what the Democratic voters are willing to do here in this country. Uh, we all saw the poll. We talked about it a little bit uh, last week. The poll were a majority of Democrats, if we were to be invaded like Ukraine was, that they'd just run for the hills. Don't know why they think Mexico might be a better place to go. Uh, I'm sure they would feel more comfortable in Canada. But uh, at this point, if we continue to get administrations much like the Biden administration, I'm not entirely certain that it's not going to be Canada that isn't the one doing the invading. So uh, where are you going to go, guys? You have to be prepared. You have to be willing to stand up. And, and what's hilarious is a lot of these same people, they get militant on social media right now. If you say the least bit of derogatory uh, information about Ukraine or if you criticize Joe Biden and his non-efforts at all, 
Like, you're a traitor. You're treasonous. You should be locked up in a gulag somewhere. And yet, I'm old enough to remember, not that long ago, there were lots and lots of some of these same people that were declaring that dissent against the elected government is patriotic. Now, strangely enough, it seems to be that these same people only think it's patriotic when it's somebody from the other side that's holding that office. If there's an R at the end of their name, no matter how close to the leftist policies they may be trying to implement, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. If Mitt Romney had been elected president of the United States, the left would have treated him ever bit as badly as they did Donald Trump. I mean, there was a little extra effort against Trump because he was a true outsider. But outside of that, uh, Mitt's one of these guys, though, who just wants everybody to like him because he thinks that's the key to united across the aisles. That's not the key for uniting people across the aisles. The, the key is in being strong and being reasonable. The two things can coexist. In fact, a majority of the time, if you just realistically look at a situation, you can be there. And sadly, that's not where the American people are. But you don't have to convince all the American people. You just have to convince enough people in Congress of what the right thing to do is. That's a hard task, too, because unfortunately, the more and more justice Democrats uh, that get elected and put themselves in a position of uh, acknowledgement, not necessarily of authority, but of acknowledgement. Hey, look at me. I say a lot of stuff, and uh, I'm cute on Instagram or whatever. You get enough of those folks, they're never going to listen, and it's never going to matter. They're taking their talking points from green socialists that want us to just step aside and acknowledge our fealty, you know, take a knee to the United Nations. And take a knee to the Davos crowd. That's what they want. They want us to bend the knee. Well, dadgummit, I'm the king of the north. I don't care what Justin Trudeau says. I'm coming up there and kicking his ass and taking back my crown. And I'm not even Canadian. Uh, <laughs> the point is, as king of the north, I will not bend the knee. Uh, and, and none of us should. Here's, here's the craziest aspect of the whole thing, though. Everybody seems to want to take a side. Putin is off his rocker at this point, the, the things that he's doing, and, and I, I can't be certain if it's a negotiating ploy or not. But we have these two sides. We have the folks that are like, they think that they have to side with Ukraine or the Ukraine government because they're fighting against Putin. Or the a lot of folks seem to think, well, we need to side with Putin because he's fighting against the globalist, which he is. But as an American, we really don't have a dog in the fight, and we really shouldn't be siding with anybody other than the Ukrainian people that are stuck in the middle. That's where the support should be, and we shouldn't be letting Vladimir go anywhere and taking over new countries trying to rebuild the Soviet Union. We just shouldn't be allowing it. I, I don't care how you try to soft-pedal it. That's a bad thing. But we also shouldn't be allowing all these forces on the West to, to move in place with these policies of trying to isolate and uh, eliminate uh, rather than actually fight back. It's like if you really want to stop him, go stop him. 
Now, nobody wants to do that because they, they're afraid that if you embarrass him too bad, he will unleash the nukes. Nobody wins at that point. Which is also why I tend to think we've, we've seen enough now with what's happened in Ukraine. It's like one of two things is going on. Either they're playing the most ridiculous long game where they're intentionally taking their time and looking inept in the process, but they're willing to make that uh, willing to make that appearance, uh, willing to allow it, having their best units, their best soldiers, their best weapons still on standby, ready for whatever. But if that's not the case, if we are seeing their best effort, and I know a lot of people are trying to tell us this is their best effort, and they want it to end quickly. Well, maybe they don't. I know China doesn't. China's loving this. They're helping Russia, and they get to play like, well, we might help the U.S. to foster a deal with Russia. But the longer this goes on, the better it is for China because uh, everybody's attention, first and foremost, is still on what Russia's doing in Ukraine, so nobody's watching what China's up to in other parts of the world. And they still get to buy Russian assets on the cheap. And it allows for countries like India, who have always had a negative and even a hostile adversarial relationship with China before, have to kind of cozy up with China. Because China made their first move today in trying to create uh, a, a new relationship with their currency and petro purchase from Saudi Arabia. Once the petrodollar is no more... Because right now the system requires if you're going to buy uh, oil from Saudi Arabia and from most of the OPEC nations for that matter, if you're going to buy oil from them, whatever your currency is, you have to convert it to U.S. dollars. You have to use U.S. dollars to make that purchase. Once that stranglehold, once that agreement is, is done, once it's broken, once Saudi Arabia is dealing in other currencies – and the petrodollar is gone, and the U.S. dollar collapses at that point. That's the only thing that's kept our little fiat currency uh, considered to be of any value anywhere in the world. Then we really are back to having to say, hey, uh, uh, have you made a purchase from Priceline yet? Or whoever you want to go get your gold from. It's just the commercials I hear the most of. Or is it Priceline? No, that's not even the, that's not even the gold, folks. Never <laughs> Never mind. But uh, you know what I'm saying. I mean, the, the system's going to completely break down, and we're going to get to the point where gold and silver is not going to matter that much initially. What you're going to be trading in at that point is uh, bullets, gasoline, food, uh, denim jeans, <laughs> anything that's actually going to serve a purpose directly. And then eventually we'll move back to gold and silver, and then eventually after that some other uh, – uh, some other distinctly fiat-style currency, but we could very well be looking at that. And for anybody who thinks that uh, Saudi Arabia is acting uh, with malice at this point, they're not. They're, I don't even blame Saudi Arabia for this because, again, it's the Biden administration that's pushing Saudi Arabia into the arms of China. They're doing so by negotiating with Iran. Iran is Saudi Arabia's sworn enemy. They're trying to play nice with Iran. They're trying to play nice with some of these other factions that have been working against Saudi Arabia. We've agreed to support them and help them in their efforts 
And now we're so busy trying to play nice with these folks that Saudi Arabia's got no reason. That's why Saudi Arabia's told Joe Biden to go pound sand three times now when they were asked to increase the amount of oil into the markets. It's not because they don't want to help. It's because they just don't trust this administration to have their back. So they no longer see why they should risk it. And I can't blame them. But this is allowing China to make greater moves. And then the whole time they're also setting up all the systems to try to flip the switch and move forward with the Great Reset, what they call the Great Reset. And that's not some crazy, wild-eyed conspiracy theory. Again, just go to the World Economic Forum's website. Uh, go through it. Start reading. You will find in their own language what they're telling you. And look at your ESG scores. People are going to have them. There are uh, groups or companies or whatever. I'm not sure that they actually meet the definition of company yet uh, that are trying to sell to banks uh, individual ESG scoring. And ESG scoring is also part of the Great Reset. It's, it's being put in action. What they're call- It's not some crazy conspiracy theory. I mean, that's literally what you saw in play when it came to McDonald's in Russia. I don't think I have enough time to really get into that uh, too detailed, but here's the deal. McDonald's owns all the property that uh, the franchisees operate on. So they literally left buildings and land behind. They left all kinds of equipment. Uh, Vladimir says, well, we do not care about your trademarks. We know, McDonald's, you've been hiding moose and squirrel all along. So now they, they're claiming that uh, all the stuff that was left behind is now theirs. They're never going to – they lost millions of dollars, but it still comes down to the fact that they were concerned, more concerned about the damage that would do to their reputation, their ESG score, that those millions of dollars lost made more sense to them. Tell me that's not scary stuff, and tell me – keep telling me that that's some crazy conspiracy theory. All right. Going to reset the hour now, so uh, only one thing left to say. Don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, if you're here at the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start right after this. If you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, tune in tomorrow to hear hour number two. And uh, hey, you know, let's go, Brandon. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go.
tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. They learned to hate the public schools, watch TV making fools. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Somebody please tell me this dream we're living is almost over because it's quite the nightmare. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your ever ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host uh, who doesn't always get tongue-tied. But when I do, I do it really good. (laughs) I am your ever so humble host and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from historic, beautiful, lovely Roan County, Tennessee. 
and glad to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining me. If you are listening to the podcast, hey, you're into the second hour now. Thank you so very much. Glad you're hanging around. Don't go anywhere. It's still going to be fun, uh, or at least informative, or something like that. Uh, if you're listening on terrestrial radio, then this is indeed the second hour of a live broadcast that took place this past Wednesday night, uh, the time of the broadcast being uh, March 16th, the day before St. Patty's Day. Uh, that was a terrible accent, by the way. But it is indeed the day before St. Patty's Day. It is 2022, and uh, I'm perining towards 11 p.m. on the Eastern Time Zone. And man, oh man, uh, this time change has really got to me. Did I mention back in the first? I think I missed it. Uh, one of the quick hitters that I wanted to mention back in the first hour is this evil plan by the Senate. In fact, it's past the Senate now uh, to just uh, do away with changing the time back and forth. They just want to make uh, daylight savings time the permanent time. Uh you know, I don't really have a problem with that myself, but I have seen some pushback from some of these folks. Oh, no, that's terrible. Uh, let's get back to God's time. And uh, really, does God demand that uh, that we get up in the dark and that we, in winter months, are seeing nothing but dark by 6 p.m.? Was that a, a requirement? I, I don't recall reading any verses that say that specifically. So if if by chance you happen to be aware of the one that I have somehow managed to miss, let me know. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't understand how something like that could be controversial. Either you like the idea or you don't. I'm not a big fan of the switching back and forth. I, I see how it makes sense at the different times of year. Because, you know, when it's warmer, I do like having more daylight at the end of the day. Uh, especially if I can get away from the day job uh, at an early enough time. It's like, hey, it's still daylight. I can still do things, and uh, that's usually when I need to do the most things, uh, you know, outside in my yard that will not take care of itself, and I have so very little help. No, I'm kidding. I, I get, I've got some good kids that, uh, that help. It's, it's not that bad, but you still know what I mean, right? You need the time. you got to get out there. You can't be mowing in the dark. Unless you live in Louisiana, where the humidity is so high that you can't be mowing in the daylight. It'll kill you. So, But that's part of why I don't live there. <laughs> I like doing my own yard work and, you know, that kind of thing. All right, anyway, let's, let's get to the point. There's a, a lot of stuff going on. And one of the things that really kind of surprised me at how little emphasis and how little coverage from the legacy media that we got from what was essentially today's Time of the Live broadcast uh, – visit virtually from the president of Ukraine. But then when you saw the message, then it's not that surprising that these folks would not want to spend a whole lot of time discussing it. Basically, he's still doing the same thing that he's already been told is not going to happen, although uh, if Estonia has their way in this matter, maybe it will, uh, they're asking for a no-fly zone to be uh, established. I don't think anybody in the West especially anybody in NATO, really wants to get involved with that, except for the few NATO nations that actually are on the border with Russia. They're kind of behind that idea because they see the inherent risk of allowing Vladimir Putin to win in Ukraine. If you let him win this conflict, he's not going to stop. He may not 
gear up forces and have them rolling out of Belarus uh, the next day. But he's not going to be done until he can really claim that he has reestablished the Soviet Union. So if, as long as he's in power and if he thinks he's winning, uh, Estonia is right to be concerned. So good for them for calling for it, but it still changes the calculus. And I don't really think I don't really think anybody wants to run headlong into World War III, and I think most people believe that this could spiral into exactly that. We are seeing uh, axis of uh, allegiances being created. Now, China thinks they're going to be able to take over the dominant position in this, but we see China uh, taking steps to profit off of Russia at the moment. We know that China, just like Russia, doesn't like the idea of globalist domination. They they are nationalist by nature, but they're also full of crap. You know, they, they don't believe in freedom or liberty, and that's why I've been saying all along that uh, more than one thing can be true at the same time. And uh, the big thing is that America really doesn't need to be taking Vladimir Putin's side on this, but America really doesn't need to be taking uh, the side of all those war hawks that would have us go in and defend Ukraine either because there are two competing sides here and neither one of them are a good option. We don't want the globalist socialist ideology to be running the world. We don't want the Great Reset to happen, or at least you shouldn't. Well, maybe you're one of those rare individuals that are already so well off that you're going to be able to profit from the Great Reset. Maybe you're going to be uh, some of the specials Maybe you're way outside of my financial leap. And if that's the case, then good for you. But you know what? You'll still be rich without the Great Reset. Why not leave us our liberty uh, and you can still be rich? Why you got to fight against us? And that's what it is. It's a war against the people. The average person, the, the individual that's not rich. I mean, you can be upper middle class and you're an enemy combatant in the eyes of these specials. Now, the, the Russian model to rebuild the Soviet Union, that's not any better. The Chinese model is even worse than the Russian model. It's just they still believe in nationalism. They believe that borders should exist. They just want, while they work for world domination, they want the world to bend to the knee they want them to bend the knee and acknowledge Russia as being Mother Russia, Mother to the world. China wants a one China policy that includes all of the nations, but just as China. It's not a good option. If you're an American, you should want to be able to breathe free, you should want liberty. And unfortunately, that does mean you have to expect personal responsibility for a lot of stuff. It means you have to take things on on your own. It means you can't just step back and let the government pay for everything, let the government take care of everything. In fact, you should want the government out of your life as much as possible. Because that's what the nation was built on. It wasn't built on racism. It wasn't built on bigotry and hatred wasn't built on corruption and greed. It was built on some basic fundamental principles that all circled back around to the idea of individual liberty. 
Now, does the nation live up to the promises of those principles? Not always. But the real struggle isn't in acknowledging the failures. The struggle is in trying to move forward to get closer to achieving those, not promises, but expectations. We should expect our federal government to behave the way they were constrained to behave within the Constitution, not look for every excuse and legal argument and a lame leftist ideological argument to let them grab extra power. Is that where we're at? No, clearly we are not. So what do you do from that point forward? Russia, Ukraine is a distraction from what China is up to, and China is pulling India closer to them, something that I never thought I would see in my lifetime because of the level of hostilities that had existed between them. In fact, part of the reason why India has a positive relationship at all with Russia is because Russia was that balancing act that kept China from being overly aggressive on uh, India's eastern border may very well have been the only thing that kept them from full-on invading uh, a long time ago. And now you're seeing this realignment uh, as the Biden administration continues to push Middle Eastern nations like Saudi Arabia into the hands of China and bring about the demise of the U.S. dollar because it's no longer going to be the petrodollar. Talked about that back in the first hour. If you missed it, then guess what? You don't have to listen to just me to get that information. Look around. Most halfway intelligent conservative show hosts are now discussing what's going on. And again, I can't even be mad at Saudi Arabia for this. I can't. What Joe Biden has been doing, it puts Saudi Arabia's security uh, at risk. You cannot play footsie with Iran and expect Saudi Arabia to continue to be your friend. Iran is literally trying to destroy every other Middle Eastern nation that is not 100% on board with the mullahs, period. They don't care if they're fellow Muslims. They don't care if they want the same things and equally hate Israel as much as they do. They don't care about it. They'll use them as much as they can, but if you're not on board with being the exact type of Muslim and being the exact uh, supporter of Rand's great vision, then in their eyes, you got to go. And like I said, they may use you for a little while, but eventually they're going to take you out, or at least they want to. All right, let's get to some of the major topics because, you know, that's enough of me up on the stump <laughs> as it was. I got to stop these little rants. Uh, Interesting thing today. We've seen some leaked documents where the Republican Party is trying to make sure that those, the senators that are going to be involved with the confirmation or the confirmation hearings at the very least of Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, that we don't do the same type of uh, attacks that the leftists have done on the last two uh, nominees from Trump. Because, you know, it was very damaging to them. And it was. If you were legitimately paying attention, 
you not only saw the hypocrisy, but you also saw people that were willing to try and destroy these people's lives based on lies. I mean, we saw it firsthand. We saw people come from Hollywood dressing up like they were straight out of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, why? Roe versus Wade is in danger. Well, it has always been in danger. It was a bad judicial decision from the beginning. Any judicial scholar that is going to call it down the middle as far as how the decision was reached will tell you. And I don't care how I don't care how much they lean to the left. I've known lots of leftists who are freaking judicial scholars that have said, "Yeah, Roe v. Wade's on pretty shaky ground." Uh, strictly looking at the Constitution, probably should be overturned because uh, they just kind of created some stuff from out of nowhere. Created rights that are not anywhere to be seen, that never existed before, and I'm pretty sure that makes it unconstitutional. But hey, you got to have the right people sitting there to hear that. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go on a limb and say probably should be, but. In the meanwhile, while the Republicans are being told, hey, let's not play that same game, I hope that doesn't mean they don't plan on challenging this nominee. They don't plan on asking some tough questions and getting an actual answer from at least one or two of them. Although it's become pretty par for the course for these nominees that if you're asking a charge question for them to find a way to give a, a good non-answer. So it has become very political despite the fact that sitting on the Supreme Court is supposed to be a nonpartisan position. We know that's not been the case for a long time now, don't we? Well, Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, who has made a lot of waves, very pro-Trumper guy, well, he said today, time of the live broadcast, March 16th, that being Wednesday, he said that Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, quote, has a pattern of letting child porn offenders off the hook uh, for their appalling crimes. Now, the Missouri Republican aired his concerns about Judge Brown Jackson uh, in a Wednesday evening Twitter thread that expressed concerns that Jackson's record endangers our children. That's a quote. Quoting here also, I've been researching the record of Judge Jackson, reading her opinions, articles, interviews, and speeches. I've noticed an alarming pattern when it comes to Judge Jackson's treatment of sex offenders, especially those preying on children. Howley claimed that as far back as during Jackson's time in law school, that the judge has questioned whether convicts should be made to register as sex offenders and said that it leads to stigmatization and ostracization. I'm sorry, you've ostracized me. Well, maybe I should be ostracized if I'm, you know, uh, engaging in unlawful activities with minors involving sexual assault. I don't know, just a crazy idea. Just want to throw it out there. Maybe that's just me being crazy. If, if, if that's just me, guys, call me out on this one. Reel me back and let me know, okay? Because I don't want to be on the wrong side of history with this one. <laughs> the wrong side of history. If I had a quarter for every time the Biden administration's used that phrasing in the, well, just in the last year, I could retire a wealthy individual. Maybe I might be for the Great Reset then. Uh, as, a, as an uber-rich guy, I'm just going to get richer. I, 
Sheesh. Anyway, back to quoting from the Twitter feed here. Because as you know, all journalism and all news uh, takes place on Twitter now. Uh, quoting, uh, she's suggested public policy is driven by a climate of fear, hatred, and revenge against sex offenders. Okay. Climate of fear, hatred, and revenge. I'm afraid that a sex offender would be living on the same block with me if they're a pedophile. Because I do not want children to be exposed to being assaulted. That is a, 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 I would express that as being a fear. I am concerned about the well-being of the children, first and foremost. If you've got some weird kink, you need to keep that to yourself. If you are a pedophile, you need to never act on those impulses because it is wrong. It's not just a, another orientation, as the left has been trying to push us into buying into, as they've been working to normalize it for the last two decades more and more aggressive in that effort to normalize it in the last five years. But they've been working on it for at least two decades now. Revenge against sex offenders? I don't want revenge against anyone. I mean, I really, I've got a few folks that I'm pretty miffed at on different occasions, but I don't have anybody I consider to be an enemy. Now, there's some folks I consider to be enemies of the state. Uh, they are people that, should my nation need me to pick up arms against them, that I would consider it my patriotic duty to do so. But as far as on a personal day-to-day -day basis, individuals I know, I don't have an enemy, so I'm not seeking revenge for anything. Do I need revenge against a sexual predator who has committed a crime against anyone? No, I don't need revenge, but I would like to see justice. And if we've determined that going on a list uh, for committing a type of behavior that we have the numbers that suggest a high, high percentage risk of committing this crime again no matter what kind of treatment you've received and no matter how much jail time you've done and how many times your name's been on a registry then so be it let's get your name on the registry let's at least let the people in the neighborhood know if they need to keep your kids away from you I mean, it's pretty sad we live in a world where kids can't go play in the yard anymore as it is but if you're in my neighborhood and I need to know this and I do need to know this my youngest now is a little too old to, to say, okay, go play in the yard. But it's still, I still remember the feeling of when my children were young enough that this would have been a major concern. Now my children are proficient with firearms. My children have spent some time learning self-defense. My children will be more than a handful if you come for them, especially if they see you coming. Now, you might get lucky if you get a big sucker punch. If they don't see you coming, you might get lucky. But you better press that advantage because as soon as you let up, they're going to kick in. They're going to be all right. You're probably not. There's a lot of self-restraint among these children as well. They will let themselves be pushed pretty far because they understand 
that once you start an action, you have to see it through. Anybody doesn't like that, then just don't mess with my kids. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Anyway, Holly uh, continued here saying that it gets worse. That as a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Judge Jackson advocated for drastic change in how the law treats sex offenders by eliminating the existing mandatory minimum sentences for child porn. According to the senator, Jackson has said that some people in possession of child pornography are in this for either the collection or the people who are loners and find status in their participation in the community. Now, that that's not something that I understand why you would have any sympathy for that. Why should that change the law or how the law treats you? I mean, that's not a community you should want to be part of. And that's not a collection that you should be collecting. Here, we're going to exploit some children so I can have a complete collection of uh, young Jessica, the three-year-old superstar. Or I, or I like uh, Dante. Dante over here. Now, he's only seven, but man, does he put on a show. No, this is not a collection that should be made in the first place, let alone something that anyone should be collecting. If she really did say that, and I'm assuming at this point that Senator Hawley has his facts on this. <coughs> Excuse me. That one sneaked out so fast I wasn't able to hit the button. I apologize. But assuming that that's true, then this should disqualify her from being a judge, period, let alone sitting on the Supreme Court. In fact, Holly in, in the, actually says, what community would that be? Yeah, I'd like to know the answer to that, too. The community of child exploiters? Now, the Missouri Republican further said that Jackson has suggested there may be a type of less serious child pornography offender whose motivation is not sexual, and noted that during Jackson's time on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Jackson said she mistakenly assumed that child pornography offenders are pedophiles. I, I can see where maybe you can make that assumption because it seems like a pretty safe assumption to make. If you're into kiddie porn and you're not a pedophile, how are you defining pedophilia? I mean, are you only saying that somebody's actually a pedophile if they breach the contact barrier and commit an assault? Is that what it takes to be a pedophile? Because I was under the impression that our legal system defined a pedophile as someone who had these urges and who may act on them if untreated. And that's that's a pretty low bar because if you've got the urges, then then you're a pedophile. You don't want to move over to the realm of criminal. Don't be a criminal, guys. And I'm still trying. There's only one type of person who has kitty porn on their computer that should not be subject to all of the stigmatization that happens when you are convicted 
of having this child pornographic material, and that is the person that didn't actually put it there. And believe it or not, that does happen. I I know some people who paid us a hefty legal price. They had no reason to lie about it. They were downloading from one site. They got hit with a virus, and uh, or they called it a virus. What it actually was was probably one of these Trojan worm deals. And they, they hit them, and then they started finding files popping up in the registry, and then they started getting blackmail uh, emails. We know what's on your hard drive. And so, well, yeah, you know what's on my hard drive because you put it there. Now, there's stuff like that that occasionally happens where you think you're downloading one thing and it's something else entirely. But you see, the thing about that is you need to take every step you can to get it back off of your hard drive immediately. Now, you got to know it's there. First, like I said, some of this stuff happens where you don't even know that it's happened. You'll come across it or maybe somebody gets a hot tip and they show up and, ooh, then you're in trouble, right? The fact that some people may have child pornography on their computers and not know it's there legitimately not know that is a real possibility and those are the only people that should be able to not have to face all these consequences if you knew what it was and you put it there because you like it i don't care if you're just collecting or if that's how you get your jollies then you've committed a criminal act back to quoting here on the federal bench judge jackson put her troubling views into action in every single child porn case in which she can find records. Judge Jackson deviated from the federal sentencing guidelines in favor of the child porn offenders. Offenders is a good word. Quoting here now, This is a disturbing record for any judge, but especially one nominated to the highest court in the land. Protecting the most vulnerable shouldn't be up for debate. Sending child predators to jail shouldn't be controversial. The senator concluded by saying that the Sentencing Commission had refused to hand over all of Jackson's records. He said, quote, In light of what we have learned, this stonewalling must end. We must get access to all relevant records. Now, according to the Daily Wire, they say that they have not independently confirmed the senator's claims, which came ahead of the Supreme Court nominees' confirmation hearings next week. I would imagine that uh, Daily Wire, The Blaze, a few other folks will probably be working pretty hard to reach confirmation uh, or of this information. I'd be very surprised if they don't. All right, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break, shall we? It is after all that time. Stay right where you're at. I'll be back on the other side of this very, very brief break. Come on, man. All men and women created by gold. You know the, you know the thing. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. If regime leader Biden and his cronies truly desire to alleviate the current petrol prices, he would have by now. 
Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The fact that Biden would rather beg Venezuela and Iran for oil than simply restore the free market liberties that were present during the presidency of Donald Trump. And in mere weeks, the United States would be energy independent again. But most people are unaware or don't seem to care that Biden has been on an evil mission to undermine the United States ever since he was first elected to office in 1972. Biden has, like many Democrats and rhino Republicans, have used a variety of issues, policies and methods to undermine our number one position in the world via the Green Movement, poking the Russian bear by working with NATO nations and Ukraine to undermine border agreements made with Russia years ago. Biden's open border policies, security disaster number one. I believe it's designed to enable millions of foreign criminals to combine with Biden's destructive policies to permanently damage our republic beyond repair. Do you miss Trump yet? I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Break it down in layman's terms. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. So basically, that's wrong. Man, I you know, dude said... Break it down in layman's terms. He didn't say break it down for kindergartners. And the fact that this is what she said illustrates either one of two things being true. And I I don't think that there's a third option on this, but if you can think of one, let me know. Either number one, that is truly the extent of her understanding of the situation at the time she said this. Or given the fact that uh, this is primarily a show that's listened to by black Americans, uh, that she honestly thinks that that's probably as close to an explanation as she can give them and hope that they'll understand. Meaning that she's either showing that she has no operational knowledge whatsoever, or she's showing the fact that she just thinks you're all dumb. (laughs) And either way, that's not good. Come on, Kamala. What the heck? All right, we've got uh, one more big story. I, before I get into this story, I, I'm once again going to remind you, uh, I did not put any links in the show description today, so I'm asking you to please come visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, 
com, And uh, from there, uh, when you land on that homepage, scroll down past the recent guest section and you'll start seeing buttons and banners. And, uh, you know, click on any of them that uh, catch your fancy. Uh, each and every one of them, if you decide to make a purchase once you went there from, from that, they're going to know I sent you. So it becomes that magical unicorn of the win-win-win. Whether you're making a purchase at My Patriot Supply or over at Hero Soap Company or Fire and Flavor or Blue Coolers or uh, any of the companies there, or if it takes you to Amazon for pre-order for books or uh, actually order books that are released, however you want to go about it, uh, you hit those, uh, you get something you want, they get a new loyal customer because I promise you, you're going to like the stuff that they're offering. And then I get a win because I get a small little finder's fee. I mean, if you're doing the Amazon thing, uh, it takes quite a few of those to add up to anything worth bragging about. But, uh, you know, I still want to help be that go-between and at least want to get credit for the traffic you got sent it over there. And, uh, you know, again, even if you don't make a purchase, I still love for you to use those links because, like I said, I like to get credit for the traffic that I'm sending. and th At least that much keeps them happy. And everybody's been happy with the traffic that they're getting from my site, but i got to say I'm not really getting much in the term of those uh, residuals. Uh, not a lot of folks making purchases. Now, and I get it. I get it. And, and I've asked you to just visit. I haven't necessarily asked you to, to make a purchase, but if you see something you want, Please, by all means, go ahead and do it while you're using that link. That way, we all three get a W. That's all I'm asking for. All right, let's let's get back to it. Here's, I've already mentioned a couple of times in today's show, once back in the first hour and then uh, once just a little while ago, about why Saudi Arabia is completely justified in moving towards China and away from the U.S., at least while Biden's in power. Well, uh, the latest thing that he's... Uh, it, come out and said that will actually help to push Saudi Arabia and uh, India and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, a lot of these folks push them even closer yet to China. It's the fact that uh, Joe Biden's administration is reportedly considering lifting the foreign terrorist organization designation on Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard. This supposedly in exchange for a public commitment from Iran that they will play nice in the region. Uh, what? I, somebody explain that to me. Uh, they've already said that they would play nice several times. You know how long they actually played nice? They never started. The best thing that was going on in the region, the most positive thing that occurred in the region was the Abraham Accords. You finally had Arab nations realizing that, hey, you know what? We can have a relationship with Israel, and we don't have to care about what the so-called Palestinians are doing. We can be friendly. We don't have to be friends, but we can be friendly with Israel, and it might actually help bring security and stability to the region, which is good for all of us. It's a shame that just because this occurred under the watchful eye of the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, that somehow this has to be treated like a bad thing, and it needed to be done away with too. It is a true shame because the Abraham Accords 
had brought the closest thing to actual peace to the region that you were ever going to see. And if it had been encouraged and allowed to flourish, more countries, more Arab nations were coming to join the Abraham Accords. Well, thanks for mucking all that up, Joe. Let's go, Brandon. Now you want to get a, a commitment, a public commitment. It doesn't matter what they do in private, but a public commitment to, to just be nice. Of course, this move comes as Biden is desperately trying to, to get Iran to re-enter a nuclear deal. Russian diplomats have praised Iranian negotiators earlier this month, saying that Iran, quote, got much more than it could expect, meaning that our people are saying, what do you want? What do you want? What do you, we'll give you what you want. Just let us tell somebody that we're back in a deal. And that's really all. They think that that's enough. It doesn't matter what the deal says. It doesn't matter if the deal actually works for what they say it works for. Or the Iranian nuclear deal. What they've negotiated so far is far worse than what was negotiated under Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama. And I'm sorry, any deal that began with sending pallets of cash to Iran was a bad deal. You're not guaranteeing that they're not going to develop nuclear weapons. You're guaranteeing that they are going to have them much, much sooner than we ever realized. Oh, but you see, that's okay. And, and now I, that's just me spreading misinformation, right, tech overlords? Yeah, the Russian negotiator. Why is Russia negotiating on our behalf with Iran at a time when we're in a clear adversarial relationship with Russia? Why is that? Because we have idiots running the country right now? An agreement to restore the 2015 nuclear deal is nearly complete, quoting now, by the way. But Iran's demands that President Biden reverse Donald Trump's decision to designate the IRGC as a foreign terrorist organization is a key remaining sticking point. According to Axios... The IRGC is not only Iran's most feared military branch, it's also a powerful political and economic player. The terror designation means that even if Biden lifts nuclear sanctions to return to compliance with the deal, criminal penalties could still be imposed on anyone doing business with individuals or businesses connected to the IRGC. Now, the same report says that Israel was, quote, concerned about the idea, and in particular, the fact that the U.S. didn't demand specific commitments from Iran not to target the U.S. and its allies in the region. Now, according to this, no decisions have been made yet on the matter as far as uh, the officials claim that the IRGC would remain on a separate terror list and subject to numerous other sanctions. So that's a possibility. Yeah, we're going to take you off this list, but we're going to put you on another list. And what difference does it make what list you're on under the Biden administration? Because the only people that they're good to are enemies of this country. If you're an actual ally, look out. You can't trust Biden. You can't trust the Biden administration. Uh, it was hard under Obama. It's worse under Biden. I mean, the only thing, the only thing that is 
even somewhat subtly nice about Biden being installed as the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is that Jimmy Carter is no longer considered by anyone to be the worst president ever. And the only reason that's even the least bit nice is because I actually had a chance to meet Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter is a nice guy. Wrong about a lot of policy, but he was a nice guy. So it kind of sucks when somebody that you know was a nice guy was going to take that title with him into his grave. Well, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. He is no longer the worst president in American history. Nobody has Jimmy Carter in that number one spot anymore. Nobody. Now, there's a lot of folks that aren't going to admit that publicly because they were just anti-Trump, never Trumpers. You had to do something. Who did they have to pick? Well, it was Biden or nothing, right? So they don't want to admit that yet. But I promise you, by the time he is no longer residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, there's going to be a lot of folks that will be willing to admit it then. Now, the thing here, going back to the article, the, the Biden administration's handling of nuclear talks with Iran has been the source of much controversy, as it has seen numerous U.S. negotiators quit because they said that the administration was being too weak. I want you to think about that for a minute. These are people this administration picked to negotiate on their behalf. These are people that believe in the idea that the Iranian nuclear deal might actually prevent Iran going nuclear with a weapons program. These were people that believed in what they were doing when they were sent there. And then once negotiations started, they were literally being told, well, give them whatever they want. They want that? Okay, say they can have it. Oh, now they want more? Um, okay, you can let them have that. Oh, now they want even more? At what point do you put your foot down and say, that's it, guys? I mean, I get it that a negotiation is, in fact, a negotiation. But if both parties don't come away feeling somewhat dissatisfied, then it wasn't a very good deal for somebody at the table. It was a really great deal for the people to come away feeling, hey, we won that one. But So when these negotiators who were sent with this belief, wanting to make this happen, come around and say, uh, Biden is being too weak... I think you can take that to heart, guys. Back to quoting. U.S. officials confirmed over the weekend that Richard Nephew, the deputy special envoy for Iran, has left the team. Mr. Nephew, an architect of previous economic sanctions on Iran, had advocated a tougher posture in the current negotiations, and he hasn't attended the talks in Vienna since early December. The Wall Street Journal reported that in January, quote, two other members of the team, which is led by State Department veteran Robert Malley, have stepped back from the talks. The people familiar said because they also wanted a harder negotiating stance. You know, it's, it's a shame that we don't have somebody that was actually, like, pretty good at negotiating. Uh, as our current commander-in-chief. You know, I, somebody who was well-versed in, I don't know, the, the art of the deal, maybe. Somebody that would take unconventional methods to, to gain a psychological advantage 
you know, kind of kind of make you like him a little bit first. So it was harder to to just flat out reject things that were brought to the table. Yeah, it's, it's a shame we didn't have somebody like that in the office. But, you know, the thing is, when we did have somebody like that, they knew the previous deal was bunk and it was time to get out. That we were only helping Iran to go nuclear, not preventing them from becoming. Anyway, once again, back to the article. The team has been divided over disagreements on how strictly existing sanctions should be enforced and at what point it should walk away from the table. As some experts warn that Iran is trying to prolong talks while they continue to work on their nuclear program. Guess what? While they were entered in the previous deal, they were continuing to work on their nuclear program. Before they entered into this deal under the Obama administration, they were continuing to work on their nuclear program. And if they were to enter into a brand new deal with Joe Biden, which looks like uh, we'll give you everything, uh, just tell people that you're going to wait a minute before you start up again, they will continue to work on their nuclear program. There's no doubt. Uh, you, you only have to look at what they've done to this point to know that that's their track record. That's what they're going to do. Again, uh, back to the article, quoting here. Uh, the deviations come at a pivotal time. Um, not deviations, that should be divisions, sorry. The divisions come at a pivotal time, with U.S. and European officials warning that only a few weeks remain to rescue the 2015 deal before Iran acquires the know-how and capability to quickly produce enough nuclear fuel for a bomb. Under the agreement, the U.S. lifted most international sanctions on Tehran in exchange for strict but temporary limits on Iran's nuclear work. The Trump administration exited the agreement, seeing it as an insufficient to restrain Iran, and the Biden administration is trying to reverse course. You see, even at that point, you're getting a fair amount of BS. Because they're trying to tell you that they're trying to resurrect the 2015 deal. Now, that was a bad deal. But the fact that they're having to negotiate something new means that they're not reviving the 2015 deal. They are creating a whole new deal that is going to be significantly worse. There should be zero tolerance of the idea of a nuclear-armed Iran. And the reason there should be zero tolerance is because the people that are currently running the country are all Twelvers. Now, if you're not familiar with the terminology, that is a designation for those that believe in the uh, Muslim prophecy of the Twelfth Imam. The idea is the Twelfth Imam is going to bring about the final judgment, and that is when all of Islam... Uh, as long as you're the right kind of Muslim, is then going to rule the world at that point uh, because all of us infidels will be removed from it. But you see, to be a Twelver, that means you have to be fully ensconced in the idea that you have to clear the path for the Twelfth Imam to arise to that point of uh, prominence that they need to be at. And the mullahs in Iran believe that their 
that their duty, that their responsibility in order to clear that path is to completely destroy both Israel and the United States. So, perhaps we should be making quite certain in a much more proactive way, you know, much the way Israel has been dealing with the issue, uh, just making sure that Iran doesn't become nuclear, even if it means we have to attack their facilities. Uh, but, but Tim, I, you, you talk about sovereign nations all the time. Iran is a sovereign nation. Uh, yeah, they are. But in this case, Iran is also an adversary that has chanted death to America for fun. That cheered and had people dancing in the streets on the, uh, on the day of 9-11. When the towers came down, they celebrated it because this was a moral victory that would eventually lead to their final victory. They don't hide the ball on this one, folks. They're, they're a lot like China. I don't know why there are so many people in this country that do not know what these people are saying. The mainstream legacy media in this country does not want you to know what their mindset is, what their thoughts are, what they are saying in public, on international forums. When they tell you that their intention is to destroy you, you'd better take it serious. Now, if they don't mean it, then it's on them, whatever consequences come. But you should treat them like they believe what they're saying. And in this case, we know when it comes to Iran, we know that they believe it. It is part of their faith, and they are a theocracy. And as long as that continues to be the case, we don't need to be making deals with them. We need to be backing them down. Well, just one more reason why we shouldn't like what Vladimir is up to, because Vladimir uses Iran as a proxy in the region. And then Iran turns around and uses Hezbollah as a proxy in the region. And now they have new proxies that they're using. They keep everything stirred up on behest of Vladimir. But they're happy to receive gifts from Vladimir and do his bidding here and there as long as it falls in line with their ultimate goal. And their ultimate goal is to wipe Israel from the face of the earth and wipe the United States from the face of the earth. And I'm sorry, you white think that you're a liberal, but you're not really liberal because you want to squash free speech and you're just a leftist. So you white leftist individual who thinks that you can ally yourself with people. I'm your ally. I'm not your enemy. I will help you. You're a big dumb moron. You are the useful idiot that we've heard so much about from leftists. You know why? Because these people will slit your throat, they will behead you, they will throw you off a building, and they're not going to care if you're gay, they're not going to care if you're straight, they're not going to care if you're a person of color. If you're not the right type of Muslim, you get a death sentence when they finally achieve their goals. You'll be one of the first people they'll come after because they do have at least some respect for people that are people of faith and that are conservative with their culture. 
So you guys are first on the chopping block, but you're the ones that are constantly saying, we have to be nicer to these people. Yeah, let's just give them a hug, make it easier for them to uh, put that freaking sword in our backs because they're not just wielding little knives around to try to kill us. Iran's run by Twelvers. Russia's currently still ran by Vladimir, who's now threatening his own people. Not just uh, overtly and mildly now, but, but very overt and right out in front of everybody. It's like we must have a cleansing. Uh, if I was living in Russia and I felt the way I do about this, I'd be saying, rut row, raggy, because this is a dangerous time for for anybody who's in Russia that doesn't support the war. And from all the information that we've gathered from enough sources to make me feel like it's not just uh, Ukrainian propaganda, uh, there's a good percentage of the Russian people that want no part of this. Doesn't matter, though. Vladdy is in charge. And Vladdy will keep it just keeping on. So what else do we do? How else can we treat this? I I don't see making concessions of this nature as being a good move. But this is just more par for the course. Barely there. Beijing Biden being exactly that. Barely there and not working for the best interests of the American people. I've said it the last couple of broadcasts, and I'm going to continue to say it because at this point, I don't know if it's Joe himself or if he's just being manipulated by somebody in the administration. But whoever is calling the shots here are clearly enemies of the state. They're trying to destroy this nation, not just in hyperbole, not just politically, but flat out, obviously, right in front of the open. You just have to see it for what it is. And that's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for staying with me throughout the entire broadcast. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Remind you one more time, please give me a visit over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, while you're at it, go ahead and uh, visit patriotmusic.com to check out what uh, Matt Fitzgibbon's got going on. And, uh, you know, remember, whatever I say, whether it sounds crazy or completely sane, don't take my word for it, not one little bit. But please, please, don't just take anyone else's word for it either. Take some time, put in some effort, do your own research, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart out there, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out, guys. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
gun control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.